intended for all audiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, and Vinny Parisi. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Comiskey dog with an ice cold beer and meet us in section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen. That ball hit deep. Way back. You can put it on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges close. Out. And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei. Yes. Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley, and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by Dwayne Wise. First pitch starts now. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of South Burbs Hitman. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined, as always, by my White Sox brother-in-arms. I'm talking about Steven Zim Zimmerman and Vinny Parisi. Gentlemen, it hasn't been a great week. Uh, we went from a somewhat high of a, a, a good-looking team last week, good-ish-looking team last week, to knowing that this team is abysmal and will likely trade half the squad by the trade deadline in the course of a week but here we are so how are you guys feeling about this team Vinny? you write about them every single day i'm sure it's got to be a little infuriating to go from last week to where we are now all right zim what are your thoughts Sorry, guys. We've been having some technical difficulties this evening. Hopefully, we'll work through it. Stay patient with us, and we're going to bring you a great show either way. But, yeah, it's um, it's been tough. It, it feels um, – I, I, don't, I don't even know the right words for it. Uh, it. It's left me at a loss for words, and I usually have more than enough to say about most things. I just – I feel dumb after the show we did last week, to be completely honest with you, saying, man, they finally broke out of it. They finally broke out of it. They're going to make the playoffs. These guys aren't so bad after all. And then what do they do but go out and be the same old White Sox we've always known, losing three three out out of four to the worst team in baseball. The worst team in baseball. Like, if you can't beat the worst team in your own division, what business do you have doing anything anywhere else? It's... Uh, it's embarrassing man it was a bit of an embarrassing week wasn't it um we do it to ourselves rooting for this team you know yeah you know it's funny zim because i'm going to the my second game of the season on friday my wife and i are going it's the first time ever that i'm sitting close to the white Sox bullpen on uh i'm sorry not bullpen uh dugout it's the first game ever that Friday I'll be sitting like four rows behind the Sox dugout. And I'm like, man, how bad are we going to get murdered? I can't stop yeah. thinking about it. 
I got to say, sitting behind the dugout is fun for a lot of reasons. Um, the most recent time I did it was when Chad Bettis made his return from uh, from battling cancer, much like Liam Hendricks is set to do later at this season. Um, yeah. But it was it was Chad Bettis's first start for the Rockies after that and after that treatment he went through. And it's just it's it's a different atmosphere when you're that close to the players. So I, I yeah. really hope that you get to do it uh, right and, and enjoy yourselves. Are, are you taking the, the baby as well or that's not me? No. Are you, are you taking your, Oh, your geez. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were telling me to mute. I'm like, that's not me. No, 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 no. That's, <laughs> that's my child making noise in the background. Cause it's, it's bedtime. And Oh no, it's all good, man. Uh, we are not, we are not, um mother-in-law's jumped in and offered to watch her so that is hey i i'm i'm totally for both taking her and leaving her at home so <laughs> i totally get it that that she is a little go, bit of a drive though my 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 thing with my me and my wife I, we've always said to each other we want her to un, to remember her first game you know i don't want her to be six months or well obviously now she's a year and whatever three months but we want her to remember it so uh We'll hold off until she's a little bit bigger. But I did get her first three hats last time I went to the game. Very nice. I couldn't decide between three. I'm just like, fuck it. I'm buying all three. (laughs) But anyway, a bit of a tangent. Vinny, before I I, I was just saying I'm going to my first game on on Friday ever sitting close to the Sox dugout. And um, it, I don't, I want to know how bad we're going to get murdered. So, I mean, I, I know you cover this team every day. Uh, you write about them pretty much every day. How frustrating is it to go from where we were last week to where we are this week? Um, well, we were like where we are right now the week prior before last week. So it just felt like, you know, it was just a nice little getaway to be okay for a couple of days. But yeah, it's a grind. But, you know, once you kind of accept like, hey, this is what this team is. Let's kind of go through the motions and see where they go from here. You don't have to live and die with every win or loss. I'm definitely at that stage. I have officially, I mean, I've been, I think Zim probably agreed with me on this at least earlier than most people. I have consoled the 2023 season. And for those of you who don't know what the term console means, that is when you still love your team. You still watch borderline every game. I really don't think I miss too much White Sox baseball, but I do not care if they win. I do not care if they lose. I care. I would love to see Luis Robert keep himself in MVP conversations and see if he can stay healthy and reach that 35-40 home run total like he's on pace to do. I would love to see you know, Andrew Vaughn continue to develop as a first baseman. I would love to see Liam Hendricks return. That's going to be an exciting day this season, I think, for a lot of people. There are some things to be excited about. I'm excited to see Rick Hahn get fired for them just to replace him with Chris Getz, who is Rick Hahn 2.0. Like, there's just going to be so many things to, like, laugh at and enjoy over the next six months or so. And, you know, I'll be here for the ride. But, you know, in terms of winning and losing, ah, they're going to play the Guardians. You know what, Joe? You're sitting behind the dugout. Just sit there and enjoy that you got Major League Baseball ahead in front of you. Like you get to see, you get to be two feet away from Jose Ramirez. I'm going for the Royal Series, Vinny. I don't know if you picked up any of that. We just lost you. Going for the Royal Series, man. That's um, 
It's a little rougher than going to the Guardian series, but hey, Bobby Witt Jr. put on a show against these guys last time, and yeah. that was, I mean, even even as a Sox fan, like as a baseball fan, it was fun to see him. And I forget who they have in center field. Jackie Bradley Jr. I want to say he they, they right. were just spectacular know. defensively. So. Hey, Salvador Perez. I mean, he's been raking. He's been hitting he's, homers. He's a great player. He's a future Hall of Famer. Like He is. He is. And, Vin, I was just saying, uh, Friday is the Royals, so I will be seeing the Royals and not the Guardians. Um, oh, all right. <laughs> That's all right, guys. Bear with Vinny. He's having some technical difficulties tonight. but That good old Chicago yeah. internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's on the Wisconsin internet actually, which as oh, we all know, oh, is yeah, yeah. far less superior than the Chicago internet. It's even worse, yeah. <laughs> but no, um, I, the thought process when I got the tickets was like, hey man, they got these awesome tickets behind the dugout, and yeah. they're not that expensive because it's a Friday night, and they're playing probably because they're playing one of the worst teams in baseball. So maybe we'll see a win. That was the thought process behind that decision. Well, and I tell you, I've been thinking about getting tickets in a, in a similar spot when the socks come out here this summer. Um, because I've been considering picking up a Jake Berger Jersey, considering he's the only guy on this team. I feel like supporting right now, since he's such an, yeah. an awesome he's dude. And exactly. He's, he's back. He's raking just like picking up where he left off. He had a, he had a bomb the other day and um, you know, I, I feel like it'd be a fun experience, um, but you know, cost is always a factor. And frankly, this team sure. isn't really worth paying a whole lot for, especially versus the Rockies. Well, let's, so. let's face it, Zen. Later this summer, I don't think either of those teams are going to be very good. So tickets might be pretty cheap. You know, honestly, I've done it before uh, for some crappy, you know, Cubs Rockies games, some crappy Sox Rockies games, where I've managed to pick up those late night Friday night tickets for you know ten bucks a piece. So. We'll see if it happens again this year. There you go. And you brought but, uh, up Jake. Yeah, so, I was going to say. Up, yeah, not I was just. Say you brought up Jake and, and Ashlyn. Ashlyn actually threw out the first pitch on Sunday at the really? Sox game. So I, I did that not was catch cool. that. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't watch the video, but she she tweeted about it. So good for her. That's exciting. I got to say, and you know, yesterday was Mother's Day, and a, and a happy one to all of those mothers out there listening now. Um, uh, it was really cool what the Sox did, taking photos of all the players with their wives, with their kids, with their moms. Um, and, and, you know, having that celebration there at the ballpark, um, That's unfortunately cool. they weren't able to pull out that win, but, you know, Gordon Beckham's not there anymore to hit walk off home runs on mother's day and father's day. So. Oh, he's there just in sometimes he's in another studio, <laughs> but no, it's, 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 it's fun, man. And that's a great, that's a great point. And, and happy mother's day to all the moms, my mom, my, my wife, my mother-in-law, godparents, all that jazz. Uh, and of course, Zim happy mother's day to, to Brittany. So all, all cool stuff, man. It's uh, it's a great day. And it was a beautiful day yesterday, at least here. I don't know about by you. Uh, it We've gotten a lot of rain yesterday, but it took a, a little bit of a break. Or, sorry, we've gotten a, a lot of rain recently, and yesterday we actually got a little bit of a break. So there you um, go. That was nice. Um, but in addition to Berger being back off the IL, Yoan Moncada's back. So both the th regular third basemen are back. And uh, Jake was actually DHing 
uh, in his return. Moncada, I didn't get a chance to watch too much. How's he looking out there? It looked like he's actually back to normal. I mean, he looked okay. I mean, he certainly looks like he's been out of commission for a bit. But, I mean, he's playing well for a guy that's been on the IL for a hot minute. And, um, heck, I, he, I think he hit 260-something this week. So, for a guy that's coming back, you know, that's that's not brutal. Obviously, he's not going to be a put-on-the-board player of the week. But he's certainly played much better than I expected coming back. And, heck, maybe he'll prove those those haters wrong and continue to – put up a strong season so that's it he had such a great start to the season it would be be nice to see him continue and and pick up where he left off well he comes back and then Elvis Andrews goes down on the IL with an oblique strain which is literally like the hot thing this year I guess Jake Berger had one uh, I'm trying to remember who else had one earlier in the year was it Eloy the start of the season I feel like I think it was Eloy so it's the season of the oblique strain. Yeah, but that is concerning considering they're working with a new hitting coach this year and all of these. Well, you know what? Great segment to talk about the coaching. Why don't we just cue <laughs> it up right now? Let's go into Pedro's pen and talk about some coaching. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's find that video clip wherever the hell it is. Here it is. Yes, it is a great segue to talk about the coaching Zim, and, and I think you're on to something. The oblique strain, I think it talks a lot about these guys' approach at the plate, mm-hmm. and maybe they're not seeing things right, or they're guessing wrong, and they, over-swinging. They've been, they've been very undisciplined, and it's not just Luis Robert, who is famously undisciplined at the plate, um, but the, the exact pitch that Jake Berger hurt himself on was a high-tight fastball that he had no business swinging at, but because he's taking an undisciplined approach, he wound up hurting himself with that swing. And Eloy was only DHing at uh, in during the season before he had his injury. Although, the more I think about it, the more I feel like he had a hamstring injury. But I, regardless, the yeah. fact that these guys are getting hurt at the plate is problematic, and it tells me that there's an issue with their approach. It tells me there's an issue with um, vision's hard to say because if your approach isn't good, your vision won't be there either way. Um, So it's hard to say that in particular, but the mechanics are kind of all over the place as well. And that's the result of an undisciplined approach. So I really feel like these guys need to, you know, start coming to the plate with a better idea, start figuring out what they want to do and start, I, I don't know if they need extra reps at, at batting practice or if they need to take some live batting practice sessions even to try and get their eyes back on the ball. But even guys who is, historically have seen the ball well, you know, Tim Anderson, Yasmani Grandal, are not doing well this season. No, they're not. And, and I'll, I'll throw it out there for a guess. How many times – and Vinny's back too. I'll let you guess as well. How many times do you think the White Sox – have walked this week in seven days as a team. How many walks do you think this team has drawn in, in, in seven days? If I had to take an honest guess, I would guess I could count on one hand. I'd say probably four. All right. It's, it's higher than that. I was gonna it guess, feels like about four. I was going to guess 10. They had 14 this week, which if you think about it, 
to a game to a game over over six games yeah seven games yeah that's that's not enough there was probably at least one game where they had that three or four and then a couple with zero right yeah yeah exactly and uh it's pretty infuriating and as a whole how many strikeouts have they had this week? Let's see. Oh, that's a good that's number. Significant, I'm sure. Yeah. I guess was how many week. strikeouts this team has had in the last seven days? Excuse me. Seven games. I would it's guess been. an average of about four, four and a half a game. So, you know, what's that? 28, 24, 20, somewhere in that range. Nice. I was, I was going to guess like 75. All right. You're a little <laughs> high, Vinny, but they had 51 strikeouts this week as a team seven games that's is that six games or seven games uh let's see i'll tell you right now sorry i'm pulling up my stats here i believe it was seven they played four against the royals and three against uh you are correct yeah that's seven strikeouts a game that's fucking awful. Seven strikeouts a game. That's that's seven free outs. That's that's playing with only twenty outs in a game. Twenty yeah. outs. That's, I, I, that's not good. I was thinking like ten a game, which is where, and then the a couple outlanders where there might have been more. That's where I came up with seventy five. But yeah, seven is still crazy. Twenty batted balls in a game, effectively, is what we're talking about. That's and- really bad. And how many runs have they scored over those seven games? Yeah. <laughs> Not 20. enough. 20. 20. So it's less than three a game. And what's funny is I almost brought up last week, you know, their scoring output had increased so much even without that 17-run explosion. But it's just it's, – it's the constant roller coaster is back. I don't understand it. And remember we talked at the top of the season about how great the White Sox were at stolen bases? Yeah, they they stopped. They led the league, or they were second in the league for, like, what, the first two weeks of the Uh season? Uh Uh-huh. You know how many they have as a team total at this point of the season? I'll let you guess. In the first week, I think we had, like, maybe – 10, 10 and a half. They had like eight, they had like 18 in the first two weeks. It was silly like that. Yeah. So take a guess is how many stolen bases we have, given that we had like in 15 to 18 in the first week and a half. If my guess is right and they had 18, I would guess they're at about 25 right now. I was going to say 30. So pretty much same ballpark. They have 22 stolen bases on the season. That's like that's unacceptable. I, I don't understand how you've completely changed the approach, and that all comes back to the coaching, right? Like I was talking about in the beginning, your approach not just at the plate but on the base paths. And, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about it later, but there was the f- infamous Tim Anderson lip-reading moment where he says, I effing hate the pitch bl- pitch clock. And well, I know a lot of people been think debating what he's saying. As – a player whose entire game was speed and running the base paths, I would be willing to bet that he said something about the pitch clock because it is extremely it hard. Like. It is extremely hard to figure out how to play it without your coaches giving you some direction. Yeah, so. there's, there's some craziness going on in the bullpen. And Vinny seems like you're much more solid now, Vin. So let's 
dive in for a second. We were just talking about Pedro and the, the, and the different approaches at the plate and a lot of oblique strains. We have we lost Elvis and Jake a while ago and the, the lack of discipline. But in terms of Pedro, does this man know how to manage a bullpen? Because I don't think he does. Yeah, no, he doesn't. And, you know, I, I hate saying all this because it is year one, like – I want people to succeed in general, usually, you know, whether it's for a team I like or not, like this is his shot. Like he, he was given an opportunity and I would love to see him run with it, but that's just not what's happening right now. He's been pretty terrible at, you know, doing this whole managing thing, especially with the bullpen and they got rid of Diekman and they got rid of Ruiz and we hope Garrett, Crochet is coming back, and we hope Liam Hendricks is coming back. But I just I don't think that that is going to be enough for Pedro Grafal to help turn this bullpen around, help turn this team around. The starters don't go deep enough. Um, when Giolito's your only consistent one, gave up three runs in your you know first inning yesterday, but then he was solid the rest of the way. Um, Dylan Cease is, hasn't been this Dylan Cease we know so far. Um, I just literally think everything – that could go wrong is going wrong on top of the fact that he's not managing it properly. So, yeah, I I take big issue with how they've been managed so far this season. Yeah, it's it's been rough. And PZ in the chat says he's a rookie manager with limited tools. I'm not going to judge just yet. You yeah, know, that's fair. It's that's very point. fair. It's, it's a very fair point. Um, I think it's, it's just a fair infuriating, point. though. <laughs> I think it's a fair point to an extent. You know, um, it feels a lot more like lefty-lefty and righty-righty matchups are more important than how good a guy actually is, how much he can handle the high-leverage situation, how how consistent he's been leading up to that point. We got like the, the opposite lefty of Moneyball. It's like the opposite yeah. of Moneyball right now. It's like, this is the matchup. I don't care about the numbers. Let's go with this. Um, I don't know, because Pedro's been – been an analytics guy isn't he isn't he an analytics guy isn't that one of the things people said when they were bringing him in like oh pedro's a guy that looks at analytics and he you know he's not just one of those managers that makes rash decisions um well i don't know what he's looking at i mean i the royals are kind of one of those teams i mean they don't spend a lot of money they won the world series in 2015 you know with the kansas city special you hear about pedro. it today. pedro was there um, I don't know if he was the bench coach or if he was the catcher's coach at the time, but he was there. He knows what they do. Um, he was the catcher coach. And... It just hasn't translated. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. You know what, though? Charlie Montoyo's in the dugout. He was with, a, you know, the Jays while they were successful. Um, you know, he got fired midway through last season, I think, and then they ended up making the playoffs anyway. Um, he kind of got fired to stop the bleeding on, like, a long losing streak. Um, anyway, mm -hmm. so if that didn't happen, he probably would have ended up not getting fired from there. So I don't know. It, it's just all, it all seems rotten at the core and that's where we're at. You I will say Montoyo and Luis Robert doesn't know the name of his bench coach, by the way. Yeah. That was, so that out there. <laughs> I will ahead, say it does feel like personally, like he's just trying to get through with what he's got for right now. And as you know, the two missing pieces eventually fill in. I do think that's going to help this bullpen. The problem is the management of it until those points. 
Yeah, so. That's a good point. Absolutely. I, I'm just hoping Liam comes back on Friday. I'd love to be at that game. It's probably coming sooner than later, I would think, because he's made a bunch of appearances with the Charlotte Knights. He's been working in Arizona since ringing the bell with his chemotherapy. Um, I saw he was able to get his velocity pretty up, you know, up there. So hopefully we see Liam soon. Yeah, I'd love to. That'd be, like you said, probably the best story in baseball this year. Um, besides the Mets stinking, which is also a great story, but that's beside the point. <laughs> There's a lot of teams that stink. We're one, we're one of them. Yeah. Do you think it's for real, the Mets thinking? I don't know, man. I don't think they can play that bad all year. Yeah. It just seems it seems very met what they're doing right now. But at the same time, like, I thought we were done with the same old Mets. So, I, I mean, I have no idea. Yeah, I really don't. Uh, I have a feeling that, I mean, there is no way they're going to make the playoffs unless they friggin' go on a tear, which they totally could because they're, they have a ton of talent there. And they've done it before. Yeah, they have. We're talking, about, we're talking about the Mets on a White Sox show, but why not? I mean, it's more fun talking baseball in general right now than just freaking the White Sox. Very true. The, the Atlanta Braves, though, they're in the same division. They're not going to catch them. The Mets are kind of, hey, let's do a wild card thing now, I, I would think, because the Braves have been the best team in baseball for the last 162 games going back to last year. So it's, it's funny. I'm talking about how the Mets stink and they're two games under 500. Yeah. Compared to the White Sox. <laughs> but then the White again, Sox. I'm sure their payroll is substantially higher on the Mets. Yeah. That, of course it is. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Anybody, any other team. There was, the was the contract they were going to give to Correa more than the whole roster or most of the roster. I forget. There was some dumb stat that came out when the Mets signed Correa. He obviously ended up not staying there, but I don't know. Socks suck. They do. And speaking of sucking, that's the best segue ever to a segment where we talk about players that suck in a segment we like to call the Adam Dud of the week. You suck. You suck. Suck. Stupid. Ozzy. No excuse. What a Done. What a total, total done. Yeah, there was there was a lot of stinker performances this week, gents. There's a lot to choose from. Um, I feel like every week we've been talking about similar players. I know this list has two repeat defenders from last week. And on our put it on the board segment for later on, we have some repeat defenders there too. So funny how that works, but uh zim I'll, I'll let you lead things off who do you have for your adam dud of the week hmm. can can i can i pick my pick to click from last week and adam Hazley? the guy was awful <laughs> he was I, I didn't i didn't even put his stats down but he was bad i mean he barely played which was part of the problem he only played what two and a half games so that's on me for picking a guy who obviously didn't really stand that yeah, much four at bats is him oh geez he only have four at bats i thought he played another game after that but okay oh dude <laughs> never mind i'm looking at the total wrong thing <laughs> oh this guy should absolutely oh he hit 258 this week i guess that's not brutal all right all right all right batting average oh, is stupid nope. i lied i lied i have i don't have it sorted by the last 
the last week. Let me fix this for you. I, I'll take it off. I'll give it to somebody easier. Lance Lynn, the dude got shelled this week. It seems like he gives up one or two of those pretty much every season. Unfortunately, they seem a lot more frequent this year. Is he washed? Is he not? That's a whole debate for a whole other time. But he got shelled this week. Yeah, he's just not getting it done. He's giving up the hits. He's giving up the long ball. Lance is not Lance. Um, he just hasn't been himself this year. He doesn't look good. Kind of like the last – well, the first half of last year, he looked the same thing. Maybe he'll calm down eventually, but he certainly looks like he's over the hill. And I, I hate to say that because I love Lance Lynn, but uh, he's certainly not getting it done. And, and Zim, to bring it back to Adam Hazley for a second, I, I should have listed him here. He went one for 14 this week with zero RBIs, zero runs scored, three strikeouts, and a blistering – 71 batting average. Woof. <laughs> the curse of Zim picking you for pick to click. I will say, going back to the Lance Lynn conversation, the Sox made a move to win now when they traded for him. Yeah. But right now, two years, three years down the line, what are we, two years down the line into this experiment? Three. Uh, three. Three. Go ahead and take a look at Dane Dunning's numbers this year. Dane elite, Dunning, elite middle reliever, borderline starter. 3-0 and with a 172 ERA, has made two spot starts for uh, Texas this year so far. Rangers 19 strikeouts. Trade. 19 strikeouts with a .86 whip over 31 and a third innings pitched. That is bananas good. That guy... That guy's shoving right now, and the Sox made a short-term move that didn't pay off, and we're now going to have to watch another guy become a superstar for another team yep. who was once a White Sox. So we'll just add him to the list with Sammy Sosa and a whole slew of other guys. And then he'll come back when he's like 37. Yeah, when he's like 37, 38, he'll come back, and he'll go five innings pitch with seven earned runs, nine hits, two walks, and two homers. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. I really do wonder what would have happened to the Washington Nationals had they kept Giolito, Raylo, and Dane Dunning and just, like, signed in a right fielder. Like, I know they won the World Series with Adam Eaton, so nobody will ever take a crap on them right. for making that trade. But, like, what if they signed, like, an Adam Eaton-level free agent for, like, three mil? You know, the White Sox signed guys like that all the time. And then you have – 2019 through 2021 Giolito with that core with Strasburg and Hart, not Harper, Soto, um, Trey Turner, all you know, that Studley Zimmerman. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, there's this great team. And you know, I'm missing another one. Anthony Rendon. That guy was amazing. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I just always wonder, like, would the Nationals have gotten two rings if they would have never made that trade? Because Dane mm -hmm. Dunning, Rick Hahn fleeced them in that one because they got three top 100 prospects. And, you know, Reynaldo Lopez, eh, here and there. Giolito, now, like, there's hindsight. But, I mean, man, wouldn't Dane Dunning be nice to have in the bullpen right now? He would. Yeah. But another reason Rick Hahn's going to get fired at the end of the year. <laughs> but, uh, Vin, what do you got for your Adam Dutt of the week? Yeah, my Adam Dutt of the week kind of really hurts my feelings because – and so does Zim's because I really wanted to win with Lance. But um, Andrew Vaughn, 
I, I just I'm starting I'm I'm not out on him yet, but like I thought we would see him go forward, not backwards from twenty twenty one. You know, when we were saying Andrew Vaughn should be the rookie of the year and, you know, all the nice things we used to say about him. Five for 28, 179, one home run, five RBIs, two runs scored, a walk, and four strikeouts. You know, he's having an okay, I guess, season, but not really. Um, He's been wildly overhyped. He hasn't taken a step as a hitter, and we thought he'd play good first base, and he really hasn't. So, Andrew Vaughn, dud. Yeah, and and somehow he still had far five RBI. He was second on the team in RBI, but again, like that's all probably from that home run and maybe a couple. I don't remember. I think he had a double or something. Yeah, I think runs. he gave them the lead. Didn't he give them a one nothing lead, like by hitting in Robert or something in one yeah. of the games? I don't remember. There was something along those lines. Yeah, it was something like that. <clears throat> so it's like. No, no, no pun intended, but this screams Adam Dunn numbers to me. Well, it does. And I mean, it, it, which I hate to say that out loud. White Sox fans, I mean, ourselves included, the three of us were jumping on tables saying, why would you trade this guy? How could you think of trading this guy? This is a guy you build your franchise around as your next young stud player. And now I'm sitting here with three of his autographs going, these aren't worth the cardboard they're signed on. <laughs> and it's like, what do you do? It's it's frustrating, and it feels constantly like you got teams like Tampa who seem to always end up winning these trades. They always know when to move on from a guy and not look stupid for doing it. And the White Sox are like the exact opposite. We were just talking about it with Dane Dunning, and now we're looking at it with Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn could have been used as a huge trade leverage piece a season ago, even a season and a half ago. And now we're looking at him like, oh, God, is this our first baseman for the next 10 years? Is that really what we're going to do right now? Because you know they're going to hang on to him. I mean, yeah, his, his his value won't be what it was last offseason or last season for that matter. Weren't, weren't there rumblings flying around about something, about some big deal with the, the Angels to get? It was the A's from Manaya. From Manaya, yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to name some of the players the White Sox passed on when they selected Andrew Vaughn third overall? Sure, no. Vin. <laughs> yes, I do need to know now. Um, they passed on Riley Green. Who throws 100 for Detroit? I think he reach. I think he could reach back and hit 105. Um, Alec Manoa, all-star pitcher for the um, Toronto Blue Jays. Um, there was another big name here. Uh, Adley Rushman and Bobby Witt Jr. went right before him. Oh, C.J. Abrams from the San Diego Padres, good player. Hunter Bishop, San Francisco Giants, good player. Um, you know, I'm not really, oh, Anthony Volpe from the New York Yankees stud. He's a stud. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are worse players on here than Andrew Vaughn. It could be much worse, but like they could have had Riley green or Volpe or, you know, I honestly just think it's white Sox development because if how is Bobby Witt jr. The fastest player in the league turning out to be a superstar with the Royals. And, like, all of a sudden, the Baltimore Orioles developed a catcher, right? Like, I just yeah. – I, I fully blame the White Sox. I don't even blame Vaughn. It's not like he's untalented. He was the best no. hitter. He's – Witt Jr. went ahead of him because he was more complete. 
and Adley Rushman went ahead of him because he's like a superstar catcher, which like yeah. those are a dime a dozen. Rushman or, was supposed to be the next best of Posey. Yeah. Yeah. And he uh, power hitting first baseman exactly. is and a power hitting first baseman is a dime a dozen. So I, I yeah, I, I think if I were to take any catcher in the league right now, would it be Rushman, I, I think sure. it would be Rushman for sure. Yeah, I would. Yeah. So easily just for ceiling alone. But, but it, that's just it. It's a combination of age and talent. Like if you yeah. want somebody right now, like Salvi Perez is probably the guy. If you want somebody young who like could go somewhere like Cal Raleigh is still a really good option out in uh, Seattle. But Adley Rutschman is the combination of all of it. Yep. You know? He's 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 the Ken Griffey Jr. of the generation. Well, you guys feel like a, you're giving me a fantastic segue. We're talking about catchers. Let's talk about a dud of a catcher. Let's pass week again, second week in a row on this list. Savi Zavala, three for 19, a buck 58, two RBIs, zero runs, zero walks, eight strikeouts, contributing to that massive number. Yeah, he stinks. They all stink. I look at Sebi and I just, I've thought it for two and a half years now. It's why I was so happy when the Reese McGuire trade happened. It's because I thought they finally got him decent backup catcher it is the most glaring hole in this roster now that they have a 40 year old second baseman and a <laughs> regular rotation in the outfield <laughs> and now that now that 40 year olds on the il that's just it i mean don't get me wrong i'm not saying that you know it's the only hole on the team by any means but i do think that it's one that's more problematic than the others at this point in time because, yeah, I mean, part of it's my bias from playing the position, you know, my whole life. But a backup catcher or a catcher in general is often the most overlooked position on the field. And yet we're looking at why you need one right here the last two weeks. It's, it's, it's like you might as well DH for your catcher instead of your pitcher at this point because the guy's been so damn bad. I would almost trust Lucas Giolito with a bat more than Sebi Zavala right now. I would trust Dylan Cease with the bat. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah, he can, he can, he can rake. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. Right now he's not pitching very well, so I'd like to see him hit. Uh, <laughs> I'm becoming a Braves super fan. Yeah. I'm becoming a Braves super fan. They have two hey, catchers. Who Michael are Harris is a guy to root for, man. Hell yeah! And they have two catchers. Dr. Nod. And um, now I'm drawing a blank. Uh, the kid from the A's, Murphy, Sean Murphy. Murphy, Sean Murphy. They, they rotate who catches and they rotate who DHs. They're like, you're both sick. We want you both in the lineup every day. Yep. We're going to keep your legs fresh. We're probably going to win the World Series. It's going to be awesome. Must be nice. Out it. He's such a good catcher. The fact Absolutely. that they get to go from McCann to these two and just like not skip a beat behind the plate, that's not fair. Just nope. like the card, just like the Cardinals moving from uh, Yachty to Contreras, and frankly, the the whole situation with Contreras over the last two weeks, in my opinion, he's totally being scapegoated for a whole other situation that's happening there. Um, but it's just like teams, teams who value a catcher, always seem to have a good one, and teams who don't are stuck with guys going over nine over a three game yeah. series. <laughs> yep. And That's it's the like, they don't realize how much it hurts. Who was the last great Sox catcher? 
AJ Przinsky. AJ. Yeah, Who Tyler was, Flowers left the White Sox to go to the Braves and became great there. And became but, pretty good there. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to say great. He was pretty good there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But I mean, and then before he had that, the power bat though. But before Przinsky, how far you got to go back? You got to go back to Carlton Fisk. There's nobody else worth remembering between those two. Yeah. You know, and that was hey, in the era where catchers were the most valuable guys on the field. It felt like. Don't forget Wellington Castillo. Yeah. He was okay. He sucked. No, he sucked. He was okay at best. <laughs> yeah, and Grendahl for half a year at the plate. That at least. guy we took from we had that guy from Detroit for a hot minute. His dad was the GM over there for a while. Alex oh, Avila's Navarro. Over. No, oh, Avila, 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 Avila was good. And then didn't they have uh, Alomar behind the plate for a minute there too? Yep. Yep. But again, these are all like we're talking like such run of the mill catchers that if we mention them to anybody who's not a Sox fan, they'd be like, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> yeah. Yep. And what like about this other you, guy that stunk. Yeah. At any rate, Hanser Alberto. Alberto stinks. That guy. He's going to be on this roster. He, uh, we say it week in and week out. He's he's this season's Larry Garcia. Yeah, they got rid of Leary for Leary. Yeah. Same player. Are they going to play this guy $6 million a season not to play for them now too? Because sure hope not. If he puts him ahead in a playoff game, <laughs> well, I certainly, I certainly don't like to see the amount of strikeouts. Um, it's just not good. You know, you know what I've noticed with all these guys that we've talked about in this dud segment, though, is it's the yeah, same thing we were talking about in the Pedro's pen section. It's undisciplined approaches. You know, how many strikeouts did Hazley have? Did you say seven? I will tell you right now. Last seven days, he had three. Three. My mistake. Which is a lot for 14 at-bats. For 14 at-bats, that's a lot, right. You know, Andrew Vaughn's the best one with four strikeouts and 28 at-bats, but still, 179 average tells me he's he's not batting disciplined. He's reaching for pitches that he probably shouldn't be. It's not like he's hitting the ball hard and just happening to hit it to people. He's hitting piddly little ground balls that are getting him thrown out by a mile. You know, and then... At any rate, Sebi Zavala, eight strikeouts. Hanser Alberto, six strikeouts. The team as a whole, 50 strikeouts. Like we just talked about, seven a game. It's undisciplined. You're seeing it from the, the macro level all the way down Ooh, to the micro level. Thanks. It's just it translates. It translates across the whole board. It's just they talk about numbers don't tell the whole story, but I feel like in this case they really do. Yeah. Well, there are some guys that played pretty well this week on the opposite side. Uh, it wasn't enough to, to make much of an impact on the final impact or final record of the week. But let's talk about the guys that did well. And this week's Put It on the Board Player of the Week. Oh, yeah. That was, oh, yes. Foster remembers James McCann as well. He was He was pretty good, you know. And then he went. Then he went. He's another guy that went to the Mets and stunk, right? Yes. So we did good not extending him there, but. And the Mets situation was weird because they had the number one catching prospect, and they also had um, now I'm drawing and a blank. They still had Darnell at that point. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had. There was uh, another guy they had. I and keep I'm wanting to say they had JT Realmuto, but that's not who it was. 
No, he went to the Phillies from the Marlins. Yeah. Man, that <laughs> the Marlins, another team, gave away a bunch of really good players because they had to rebuild. Yep. Like unexpectedly. Was it Wilson Ramos? Yeah, Wilson Ramos was one of them. Well, guys, let's dive in. Who, uh, Zivinia, let you start this time around. Who do you got for your put it on the board player of the week? Yeah, just because I'll save the obvious one for one of you guys. I'll just go with the guy I picked for pick to click last week. Even though I don't deserve to win, I deserve to come in second. Um, I think he was my pick, right? Lucas Giolito, 12 innings pitched. He gave up 12 hits, which, you know, you'd like to see that number come down a little bit. Six earned runs, though, you know, three a game, um, two walks, and 15 strikeouts. Those are good numbers for Lucas. You know, am I expecting Lucas to be that 2019, 2020 ace that he was a couple years ago? No, not really. Probably not. That's not realistic anymore. But can he be a number two, a number three, a really good number four on a championship team? I'd love to see him go to the Braves. Go play with your friend Max Reed, Lucas. I'm going to keep bringing up my Braves. Um, You know, I'll never root for the Braves over the White Sox, but I would love to see, like, uh, you know, a couple of these guys go play over there. And Lucas is one of them. So, you know, they're in. They're in the National League, so it's totally fair game to me. Yeah, and I had family that lived in Atlanta for like four years, and I got to go see the battery and stuff and, you know, kind of became my National League team by nature. And so, you know, and they play good baseball. And while the White Sox were playing good baseball, I cared a little less about them playing good baseball. But now that the Sox stink, I need someone to root for during the summer until the Devils come back and they'll have top five odds to win the Cup. So, you know, we got to pass my summer somehow. In terms of sports. Well, great pick. Two two quality stars from Lucas Giolito. Love to see it. And if you're the White Sox, you love to see his trade value rise. So, all good stuff there. So, good pick there, Vin. Zim, who are you going to go with for your pick to click? Or, I'm sorry, not pick to click. For your put it on the board player of the week. I'm going to keep going with the guy I've been riding for weeks. It's Joe Kelly. It's Joe Kelly. The dude is just balling right now. Yes, he is. He's back. He's back. That's that's all there is to it. Uh, one hit, four strikeouts, over three and a third. That's the only stats that were recorded. Everything else is just zeros. <laughs> it's I'm just, awesome. I'm just baffled that these guys that are playing so well aren't getting more more innings pitched. And Joe you Kelly's know. a right-hander. Keep them healthy and move them. That's it. Oh, yeah, they must be getting some direction there because – if you look at this, you got like for innings pitched, just here. Let me share this on my screen. Actually, I'll blow this up so everyone can see it. All right, let's blow this up a little bit bigger so everyone can read it. All right, can you guys see that okay? Yep. Yep. All right, so Giolito, 12 innings going down into the bullpen. Santos through four and a third. Sorry, I can't see the earned runs here. Then you got three and a third from Lopez and Kelly. Graveman got three. Thankfully, bummer. When we got two and a third. Two and a third too many. <laughs> and Middleton, Padilla, and Lambert. Um, so I guess it's not in the grand scheme of things. Uh, three innings is, is pretty solid. Yeah. Anyway. I agree. They're rotating them, but it's all about the situation you put them in. Like at this point in time, wouldn't you rather have Middleton or Kelly out there instead of 
bummer, even with your lefty lefty matchups. Like, absolutely. I don't care about the matchup at this point. I trust Joe Kelly to get this team three outs more than I trust just about anybody on this team right now. I'm with you, man. It's just, it's, it's starting to get to the point of absurdity where they're not putting these guys in the right situations. I don't know why you can't just make Joe Kelly a middle reliever and call it a day. There's no reason not to. Why are we using? Yeah, I think you might see that actually, Zim. Now that you say that, right? Why are we using Middleton as a setup guy when he's clearly comfortable with guys on base? Start using him in middle relief. Ronaldo Lopez only seems to do well when there's nobody on base, so make him the setup guy. Like Bummer seems to only do well when he's in the minor leagues, so put him down in AAA. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned Middleton, so I just want to put his stats up. He's another guy that had a great week. Two innings pitched, no runs, two hits, one walk. Uh, no strikeouts, but that's okay. He's getting the job done. So he's been another guy I've been impressed with since he came up. Valuable part of this bullpen. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you could argue uh, for my put-on-the-board player and for everyone's put-on-the-board player, uh, Luis Robert just – Absolutely raking right now. The guy that I said to cut like two weeks ago. So look at me. He's looking like an idiot. Um, <laughs> he heard you, Joe. He, he said, did hear me. He said, I'm going to make that Joe Mandel pay for no, that. No, but tell you what happened. Tell you what happened is he heard his manager that reamed his ass out, and that lit a fire under him, and that was the move. So props to Pedro or props to do for getting Luis fire lit under his ass, and he's a different player than he was before. So here's uh, this for you. On Luis Robert. He was benched on April 29th. Since then, since that benching occurred on April 29th, he is in first in the American League for batting average, home runs, RBIs, runs scored, slugging percentage, and of course, slugging percentage and batting average, OPS. The guy is, he's on a tear. The coach sat him. I, sit everybody. <laughs> sit every forfeit a game. Forfeit a game. That's what forfeit a game. Tell everybody, you know what? You guys aren't good enough to beat these guys, so I'm just giving it to them. And and I didn't bring this up at the top of the show. I didn't think about it, but <clears throat> I think it was Friday or Saturday. The White Sox had a team meeting in the clubhouse, and Pedro didn't really say about what was discussed. All only that their record sucked. They have a terrible record and. I'm not going to go into details. Um, clearly, the meeting didn't really help because they didn't play well this weekend. <clears throat> I'm wondering if they're going to show any response to that meeting, and I can't imagine what was said. Probably we suck, you know. But- I, I got to feel like if they don't respond on the field, you know, Pedro and Rick are going to have a little get-together and say, all right, which of these guys want to be here and which ones don't. Yeah, there's going to be change over the summer. Like, there's no the team that you see tomorrow play is not going to be the team you see play on the last day of the season. Like, I'll be surprised if, unless they go on a run, like if they win ten in a row and they're automatically right. back in the stinky AL Central. Like, they're about to have the Guardians come to town, right? Let's say they sweep the Guardians somehow. They pull a rabbit out of their ass and they sweep the Guardians. They'll have like two less wins than them, and like be in contention for, you know not contention for second place, but like they'll be, they'll be crawling closer. 
Yeah. And nobody just sees that happening. But at the same time, like this division's so bad that like it's not out of the question to be back in contention after a week of, you know, yeah. yeah, solid play and putting together a run. Um, but I, I just don't see it happening. So I, that's why I think like the team's going to change. And to your point, like the meeting didn't make them play any better against Houston. I know they're the defending World Series champions, but they haven't really played like it so far this year. Um, I thought Sunday's game was winnable. Um, Monday or Friday, they kind of got shelled. But like, what was up in Kansas City? Like, I know that kind of caused the meeting, but still, I don't know. I, I just this whole thing it just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right. <clears throat> it doesn't. It's 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 wacky, man. And this is a weird team to cover this year, isn't it? You know, it just uh, we we go off the rails a lot more this season than we have previously, and I think that's okay. And we probably will at the end of this show. I'm not gonna lie. I plan so, on it. So stay tuned if you want to go off the rails. Um, now that we got through that, I'm not even gonna do. You know, I might as well. The graphic is fantastic, and I got to give credit to Aldo where credits due. Uh, we're going to talk about the rest of the series coming up this week. We're not going to preview them very much, but we're going to tell you what they are in this week's edition of White Sox Weekly. Yeah, guys. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, you got three against the Guardians and three against the Royals. <clears throat> we did get a little bit of breaking news before the show with a tweet from James Fagan this afternoon saying that the Sox are moving out Michael Kopech's next start by a day. So it sounds like this is the way it's going to be shifted. I Not officially, but this is a, I think this is probably what's going to happen, at least according to James Fagan. Lance Lynn, Mike Clevenger, Dylan Cease, followed by Kopech, Geo, Lynn. So a little bit of a shift in the rotation. Uh, Vinny, what do you make out of that? Uh, they don't want Kopech to go against the Guardians. They want him to go against the Royals, right? Isn't that how they pushed it? Yep. So, like, that makes sense, which I I despise that it's 2023 and we're worried about who Kopech is pitching against. Um, I thought he would be the guy that, hey, let's throw Kopech against the Guardians. Like, he's sick. That just hasn't happened. Um, I'm not sure he's a starter long term. He might be better suited going back to the uh, bullpen where he was I agree. magnificent. But I mean, I, but then again, like Lynn is going to face the guardians. He's been terrible. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it means. I have no idea. Um, I could try and, you know, dissect it as much as you want, but at the same time, like it just doesn't matter to me because the starters, They've all, besides Giolito, been underperforming. And Cease, Cease has been – he hasn't been terrible. He just hasn't been Dylan Cease. So Command is all over the place. Yeah, the command is brutal. I mean, and he's so good that the command is brutal and he doesn't have the numbers that Lance Lynn has, which just goes to show how nasty his stuff actually is. But, I mean, I just – I don't know if it's a change because the team – feels they need to make a change if that had to do with the players meeting or whatever if they saw something they didn't like if someone's sore i have no idea but the guardians are no easy team to face especially for the white Sox. and i don't know i'm i'm sure that if you look deep at the numbers maybe Kopech's career numbers against the guardians are bad 
or something? Like, did he get hurt twice against the guard? Like, I don't know what they're thinking. There, there's got to be some reason, but yeah, probably never find out. I, I, I got to look it up, but I'd be willing to bet Jose Ramirez probably is like batting 700 against Kobeck, probably. Yeah. That's probably more reasonable, you know, like 480 or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Much better. Um, but yeah, that's the week coming up. Obviously, the, the White Sox haven't officially locked in on their website, the rotation, but according to James Fagan, it's what we said before. But guys, pick the click. We, we we all lost last week. Our guest on the show, Nick Cousin, picked Luis Roberts, so he got the win for the guests. So the current standings are as follow. I have two wins. The guests have two wins. And then Zim and Vinny each have one win so far. So that's where we stand. Things are going to change, uh, I'm sure. This week, because I know I'm not going to win because I never win. When I well, I, I lie. I got lucky at the top of the season. I won two in a row, and I haven't won since. So, with that said, let's dive into this week's pick to click. All right, boys, Vinny, you came in second last week, so I'll let you go first. Who are you taking this week for your pick to clay? Um, I'm going to go with Tim Anderson because he has a bit great since coming back from injury. And I think he's their second best hitter. He's one of like four players on the team with trade value. And he knows about the conversations that have gone on on the internet over the last 24 hours since his little thing on first base, people debating what he said. I personally like, truly think he talked about the pitch clock because what people were saying he said about effing hating this place or whatever, it doesn't match the words. Like I seriously wonder if I'm looking at the same video as everybody else. There's like an extra word at the end that doesn't fit what people are saying. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I just, I don't, I don't see him taking that necessarily well. And I think he's going to have a good week. I I hope he's going to have a good week. And he loves playing the guardians and the Royals. So, Hopefully he has a good week. That's my argument for Tim Anderson. Let's go, Tim. I like it, man. I love it a lot. As I yeah. yawn. <sighs> Excuse me. That sums up the White Sox season as a whole. Big yeah. yawn. But, Sorry we're uh, boring you so much, Joe. Damn. Oh, no. You're not boring me at all. It's <laughs> the White Sox that are doing it. But, uh, Zim, you picked Adam Hazley, so you get to go last. So I'm not going to let you go second. I'm going to go next. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to take Jake Berger. Uh, he's back. I feel like. Burgertron's going to go off this week. Um, uh, how many of their games are at home this week? All of them. All of them. He will hit at least three home runs, so that's safe. I, I hope he does. I, I, maybe Friday I'll be get, eating a burger in the stands, and then he'll hit a home run, a double burger. Are you a little surprised his stats? Like when I, he hits a home run every day. It seems like. I like you expect to look and see that he has 20 home runs and like the best bat, like an MVP caliber player. Like he's, he's good for a home run almost every day. It's because he can't stay. They haven't kept the lineup as many consistent. You know, when he does get, he finally, then he got hurt and he was out for what a week and a half. Take, Um, take a look at his home versus away splits. Yeah. He likes guaranteed Rayfield. It's, it's genuinely stunning. 
Yeah. His, his average on the road this year is a 148. He has only hit one home run on the road, two RBIs, and 14 strikeouts on the road this year. Wow. At home, at home, he's batting nearly 300, 14 RBIs, and seven home runs. The dude rakes at guaranteed rate. You got Jake Berger on a homestand. I bet you win. I would put money on him winning pick to click this week. I hope. I hope so. Obviously, we all root for Jake on the show. So, yeah, it's so obvious too that we all are just complete homers for Jake Berger too. Every single time he does something sick, when, all three oh, of yeah. tweet about it. And like, if Andrew Vaughn hits a home run, like if you're if you happen to be like tweeting at that moment, you'll tweet maybe. But like, Jake <laughs> Jake Berger's a lock. To be Burger, <laughs> Burger does something, we all stop what we're doing. Yeah, we're all like, let's go, Burger. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you, the you, fan you, interaction does. Yeah, 100%. You, you want to know how it's what's the telltale sign that we're blatantly fanboys for Jake Burger when Gabe tweets and calls me a Jake Burger fanboy? <laughs> you know. <laughs> That we are big Jake Burger supporters on this number. That's funny. That's funny. He tagged Look, me and Beef Loaf. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to get an email from Fanatics later this month when I order myself a Jake Burger jersey and they go, Did you mean to order this? Did you misclick? <laughs> yeah. I should get a Jake Burger jersey. Even if he ends up with another team, just get his jersey with every team. Yeah. And be like, because he'll play for another team in his career. There's no doubt in my mind. Oh, I'm and pretty sure if we got Jake Burger jerseys and we sent them to Ashland, she would totally sign up. Again, 100%. 100%. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of why I want to get one by August so I can be like, Jake, look. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be like, wow, someone with my jersey. I want to eat a burger in a Jake Burger jersey. I like and watch I, I a want... burger home run. Yeah. Yeah. See a burger bomb. Well, oh, yeah. Zim, I took Jake. Who are you taking for your pick to Clay? Uh, I am taking my favorite White Sox player of all time, Yasmani Grandal. Oh, shit. Yaz is eight for 24 with two walks and two RBIs and only four strikeouts over his last seven games. Anybody who has less than five strikeouts over the last week is a winner in my book. And Yaz is uh, starting to see the ball really well. It's only a matter of time before one of them or two of them, or three of them, or five of them start to leave the park. So, I like your thought process of Yaz has a good week, and Jake has a good week, and Tim has a good week. This team could go on a little bit of a run. I like my well, thought process of knowing Zim was going to say Yasmani Grandal when he started <laughs> it by saying my favorite White Sox player of all time, because I know for a fact his favorite White Sox player of all time isn't on the White Sox right now. And I know for a fact that his active favorite White Sox player was actually already selected by Joe. <laughs> I fucking love it. And, and I, think, I think Foster says it perfectly. He loves our fandom. Hell yeah. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Like, That's oh, what the are. White Sox suck. People have like family parties. Oh, man, about the White Sox. I'm like, yeah, I know, but like I'm and, still going to watch. And I also connect with Jake Berger on another level. He's a new dad as well. So like I kind of have that yep. brothership, brotherhood connection with him. He's, Plus we he's were involved grateful. in their wedding, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's sort of like – in every man that just happens to play major league baseball. Like he's got the new dad thing going on, which like 
you know, that that's pretty like average Joe thing to do. Um, he loves video games. We've confirmed that on multiple levels. Um, when I talked to Sean Burke, he talked about playing video games with Jake Berger. A kid in minor league baseball found out that Jake Berger plays video games and they linked up and started playing together. Like, you know, he's a big gamer. He likes football. He's a Packers fan. Okay, but at least he likes football. Um, and you know what? It must be fun rooting for like good teams, I guess. Um, well, up until this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Week one, we're coming for you, Green Bay. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just a cool dude. So the Jake Berger thing is, it's real. It is real. And uh, I'm debating if we should even do the guarantee tag or if we should just segue into talking about video games because we were talking about Jake and video games. What is it again? I'll give you one sentence on it. Uh, all right, let's play the clip anyway. It's a great clip. Aldo put it together for us. So props to Aldo as always. Thinking of your brother as and you know, hope you're hope you're feeling all right. We and, love you, uh, Aldo. We do. I love you, Aldo. And this is the guaranteed take of the week. And it's funny. PZ also says Jake is just one of the guys who happens to play professional baseball. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I love that he doesn't even count his home runs unless they go 400 feet. That's just totally something yeah. I would if I made it to major. Wasn't League that Ashlyn? Didn't Ashlyn say it doesn't? Yeah, count? yeah, and Ashlyn like love Ashlyn, but she doesn't know much about baseball, self admittedly, and she's she, she herself. She even yeah. knows like 400. You know what? That means it went really far. <laughs> but you know what's awesome? Only one of his home runs this year wouldn't count by those definitions. Yep, exactly, exactly. The dude is and still it was like, mashing. And it was 390, I think. The it was one 396 that... or something like that. Like, it was barely short. Yeah, he he mashes. He absolutely mashes. He does. And for this week's guaranteed take, uh, I just threw it out there. I figured just put the comment out there and let you guys roll with it. Pedro Grafal should be a one-and-done manager. True or false? Mm, I'll go false because I think the White Sox are going to suck this year and next year. So keep them as long as you think they're going to suck. I didn't think of it that way. It's a good call. I say false because guys much worse than him have gotten longer tenures with the White Sox. Like I mean, Tony LaRusso. Tony LaRusso, like Rick Renteria. Like, didn't Robin Ventura even get two seasons? Like, I think it was more than that. Yeah, Robin, yeah, I think it was three. Hey, we went from Ozzy to Robin to Rick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and let's we hired Rick. We hired Rick one year after the Cubs fired him. Yep. Yeah. Because he was one and done with the Cubs, wasn't he? Yeah, because he got he got screwed with the Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, there are guys much worse than him who have gotten much longer stints. You know, Bud oh, yeah. Black. Bud Black had no business being where he was for as long as he was there. But yeah. it was a good story, so he stuck around. You know, Clint Hurdle has gotten how many chances to run baseball teams? <laughs> like yeah. sooner or later, you got to look at it and be like, "Come on, guys!" I, I I hear you guys. I see what you're saying, but I'm going to say true that Pedro Grafal is a one and done manager. I'm going to tell you why. They're going to fire Rick Hahn and hire a new GM that's going to want his own pick. I think. Even if it's Chris Getz, fuck. <laughs> I could see Chris Getz being like, "No, we'll keep Pedro." 
Uh, maybe, maybe you're right, but I just have a feeling these. Are I hope you're done. right. I'm riding with you. Let's go. I agree. I want to agree with you. Let's go. Let's fucking go. PZ, stop blaming the manager. This roster is terrible. It is. I, I know. I just think two things can be true. Like, I thought Tony was awful, and I think Rick Hahn's manager construction was terrible. You know, Rick Hahn put Rick Hahn put Leary Garcia on the team, and Tony Larusa batted him second. Like, I just think yeah. they could both be awesome, both be awful. Well, I mean, it's it's further than that, even though, like. You know, you, you have players that don't perform on a regular basis or who don't want to be there in some cases. And, you know, say what you will about Tim Anderson. There's definitely guys on this roster who don't want to be there. I think that much is clear just by watching them play day in and day out. Um, but, yeah, you look at the manager and then you look at the guy picking the manager and the guy building the roster. Right. Yeah. Like Vinny was just saying, it goes way higher than all this but it goes way lower than all of it at the same time i mean aaron bummer sooner or later has to take a little bit of accountability and go you know what my shoulder doesn't feel good today even when it feels fine for the sake of the team well i don't fall think it's on long until sword. he's dfa I, I give him two weeks at the most fall on your own sword man yeah, he certainly has and yeah i thought ned yost was decent for some time they made the World Series two years in a row under him in Kansas City. They lost one and won one. But I guess outside of that, you can claim he was awful. I, I just I would sign the worst manager of all time. I would lock in Tony Larusa for the next ten years if it meant them getting one World Series. So. <laughs> yeah, and plus, I mean, you got him paid, and you got that stuff figured out. I mean. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm. I just had to raise the question because there's been. I, I. I think Pedro had one of his worst weeks in terms of bullpen management this last week. Mm-hmm. Personally, I got another guaranteed take for you guys, and we already talked about it earlier in the season. But now that we have a little more clarity on the picture with it all, what do you do with Lucas Giolito? Rumors are already that. He's not coming back. So, do you try to trade him for some prospects? Do you try to trade him for immediate help? You just ride out the season and hope that he's good enough to help you make a playoff spot. I think it's both. I think you'll be a, get a prospect, and maybe it's it's not going to be. I don't think it's like a one for one. I think you're going to geo and package with somebody else for a prospect and maybe an active player. I I, I would. I, I, you could trade draft capital now. It's not as valuable as it is in other sports. Like if this were the NHL, Giolito would probably go for like a second round pick and a B plus prospect. But in baseball, it's a lot more about prospects and everyday players. So, you know, I could see it being like a three decent player for Giolito type package. If he continues playing well, um, it wouldn't shock me if the White Sox package something else in it. Like if they get rid of Joe, uh, I almost said Joe Foster because I saw the comments. Um, Joe Kelly, you know, if Joe Kelly were packaged along with Giolito to free up some of that money and make someone else pay the contract, or if they got rid of Kendall Graveman or Lance Lynn through Giolito, it wouldn't shock me at all. But it might lower the return they get as well. So I have no idea. I would do it though. And. No, I, I I hate to put this out there, but you 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 gotta think that if Liam comes back healthy, oh, that the, that the Mets are going to be looking at Liam Hendricks. Yeah, there the are f- five teams that would use 
Liam Hendricks. I mean, I'm thinking of the contenders that need a closer. Um, I would say the Twins would probably like to have Liam. I don't know if the White Sox would trade him to the Twins, though. Um, the Dodgers would probably be okay with taking on Liam. Obviously, the Mets. Um, the Braves, they don't have Kenley Jensen. He's doing great work with the Red Sox. It wouldn't shock me if the Braves wanted Liam. What about the uh, Rays? The Rays, absolutely. Um, there are a lot of teams that could use Liam. Because I also think if a team with a closer acquired Liam, they wouldn't be dumb like another team I know and do the eighth, ninth inning thing. They would just rotate their closers. You know, because if Craig Kimbrell was used as a closer in 2021, the White Sox might have actually just had two really good closers ready for the playoffs, but instead they destroyed one of the two of their confidence. And and they would have and they would have had a different matchup in the first round. Yeah. Probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. They took their foot off the gas and they paid for it. Um Common. That's a common thing these days with our White Sox. But no, Zim, that's a great it's a great call out. Um I, I like the conversation there. It's fun. But we talked about Jake Berger and his, his love of video games. Why don't we just talk some video games? Fuck it. Yeah. I love it. And that's your second F bomb of the show. No, it's so, a few. I've been just kind of throwing them around like nothing today. Yeah, the, the show is this, not this, family. <laughs> you I have to change should, that thing at the top of the show. Well, change it to like if the White Sox are in a good spot within the standings, this show is available for all audiences. If the White Sox are ten games below five hundred or more, this is an this show has viewer discretion advised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's like if the White Sox are playing. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, sorry. But uh, I don't know. We were talking a little bit of the breath. Of, uh, we were talking a little bit of Zelda top of the show before we went live. We were talking with Zim about some NCAA, some Pokemon. I know Zim's our resident Pokemon expert. So um, feel free to dive into your Pokemon. Uh, there's not much really happening right now. We're in between releases. So um they are supposedly working to fix a glitch that uh, when you linked your Pokemon home to uh, your current games, it would delete all of your save data. So that was a oh, real fun, fun thing that was happening to people. <laughs> and uh, yeah, right now we're just between releases. There's DLC coming out in the fall. Um, most people have already beaten you know, everything that's going on. I'm really looking forward to another podcast that I listen to um, is about to start playing uh, a new game. They're about to start on the Sword and Shield era. So the second most recent era of Pokemon games. And I tell you, those guys are funny to listen to. If it, I know that's a really niche uh, audience that I'm talking to that are both White Sox fans and Pokemon fans. But if you're probably more than you'd think. Yeah. If, you're, if you're interested in listening to a podcast and these guys, they they play the games uh, a week at a time, you know, gym by gym, week by week is their motto. Mm. Um, the Experience Share podcast is is what they're called. And uh, they're very, very funny, very, very not family friendly. I will put that out there. <laughs> uh, do not listen with your kids, even though Pokemon is a family and kids game. It is. uh 
it appeals to an adult audience as well. Fuck so. them, Pokemon. <laughs> well, they have a segment on their show about that, and that is why oh. you shouldn't listen with your children. Wow. <laughs> it's it's all for comedic reasons. It is not uh it, it is not it's encouraging not, not encouraging any types of behavior. It is it is merely for recreational and comedic purposes. Uh, but at any rate, they play the games one week at a time and they call attention to things in the games that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily look at uh, as just a casual observer. So, yeah, that sounds cool, man. I'll have to check it out. Very fun. They started all the way back with the very first Pokemon games. They've played all of them up to Sword and Shield at this point, and, and that includes many side games such as the Detective Pikachu game, such as Pokemon. Uh, trading card game i don't know if they ever touched pokemon pinball um but they did like snap uh all that kind of stuff so i love pokemon pinball back in the day man the original the og yeah i got it right here somewhere just casually pulls out pokemon pinball yeah pulls it right out of his ass there it is <laughs> like actually though it's surprisingly it's clean i don't know you just pulled out of your ass it's yeah really clean. yeah <laughs> This is, Joe expected this is, to see some remnants on it. I know. I thought it was going to be brown. No, there's there's no battery in it for the Rumble Pack right now. So, uh, look, <laughs> look at you, man. That's impressive. I freaking love Pokemon Pinball. Good, good, good stuff. But before we went live, Vinny and I were talking about the latest release from Nintendo, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Absolutely phenomenal game. I'm I've been playing a little longer than Vinny. And I've been in the tutorial opening area for four and a half hours because I can't figure out where to go because I'm an idiot. Uh, uh, but the game itself is really fun. So that's all that matters, right? Yeah. How many shines are you looking for? I've only done one. So Out of far. how many? That I think there's four in the opening area. Okay. There are four, but you only know about three. Because you're going to go back. Do you care if I tell you? I really don't care as long you're as gonna, I can get out of the tutorial area. Yeah, you're going to complete three. And this is why I haven't started it yet, but I like no because I, I took the Joey Parisi tutorial. So that way when I do start, I'll have an upper hand because it's a very hard game. And um, you start off with three, and then you go, and then they, you come back, and they tell you, oh, by the way, you need one more. You're still not worthy or powerful enough. I forget what the terminology was. And then you go, you do it, and then you come back, and then they, you get through. And they create, like, a diamond like uh, based on where they're placed. So, like, where my fingers meet would be the two of them, and then the other two would be, like, here, if that makes sense. Like, they create a diamond. And, yeah, I, you'll figure it out. But I'll help you. No, I appreciate it, man. I... Uh... I'm really enjoying it though. I, I I'm enjoying the building stuff and like fusing things together. And mm. I know Zim's going to get it eventually, so I don't want to spoil anything too much. But I'm sure you've seen some of the abilities and things you can do. Um, maybe maybe not Zim, but it, it's cool. I'm not going to give you any story stuff. My co-host on Bar Down also happens to be my cousin. I know he's not watching this because he's watching. Puts out some great video game articles. I he and he's out. been he's been all over uh, this game tears of the kingdom so he's got articles on where the master sword is and how to get to that and you know where i think i don't know if he did something on the tutorial thing 
they call it the tutorial thing, but it's just so necessary for the story too. So I, I already think it's amazing and oh yeah, can't wait to get into it. Yeah. And, and Zim, I tell you, I'm, I think we talked about this before, but they, when, when I moved, I couldn't find my OLED, my switch OLED, which is like the prettier, lighter, beautiful screen. And then I, I ended up finding it and man, am I glad I did? Cause this thing looks awesome on an OLED screen. Um, I haven't played it on a TV because just being being dad, being a dad, it's a lot easier to play it on a handheld than it is on the screen in the middle of the night. So loving loving it so far. So it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah, if if you are a Nintendo Switch enthusiast, the OLED is absolutely the way to go. There's a new version out just for uh, the Tears of the Kingdom release. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous, but but Have that you seen OLED it, screen. Joey bought it. Yeah. So you have seen it then? Yeah. Like, are you talking about the Switch itself that has the yeah. colored Joy Cons, like with the yeah. Zelda print, and then the dock has it too? Yeah. Joey bought it. Joey just casually spent a couple hundo on Fridays. Like, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to get Zelda, and I don't have a Switch, so I'm going to buy this it's, sick it's more one. More than a couple hundo. The system oh. itself is like three seventy five. Oh, I know, and it doesn't come with the game. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it was like dumbfounded. Why, it was like, why the fuck would they do that? Yeah, I don't know, but it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. It looks the OLED's the way to go for handheld gaming, though. I mean, I would I would argue that the screen quality itself is better than much more expensive products than you know, like a like a Steam Deck or an INEO or uh, the ROG Ally, anything like that. The screen itself. We're not talking computer power, just the screen, but it's very nice to look at. It's it's beautiful, and uh, I tell you what, I I I pre-ordered this game like forever ago zim and i talked when i was just playing when i was just getting into brilliant diamond i'd use the if you're a nintendo switch online member you can get these, what's called like a voucher the switch voucher so you get two games for a hundred bucks and it included tears of the kingdom on it so i just got the other pokemon game and i got tears of the kingdom and i just got an email the a week before tears of the kingdom came out zim and it's like you can preload it so like I downloaded it, and then when the game came out on Friday, I was able to just start it without having to download it or do anything, which is cool. That's sick. That so is cool. I, that's I know I I'm Zim. I know you're a physical collector, right, Zim? Yes. Yeah, I have physical copies of all of my games, save for you know like Mario Kart and stuff like that. I'm. I don't know what happened to me. I used to be that guy too. I liked the physical. I think just having boxes and boxes of crap really got old for me. And then I would eventually I'd lug them all down to GameStop or whatever and get, you know, 70 cents or seven cents on the dollar. And I got sick well, of it. And I, I just like the digital thing because I can go from council to council. Like I, I have multiple councils in my house, like one in my basement, one upstairs, and I could download it in both places or, or multiple switches and just have it and not have to plug in a disc or whatever the thing that having a physical collection does for me is it prevents me from buying excess games it makes me really consider is this worth getting off my ass going to the store and buying that's <laughs> very interesting. that's a very interesting way to think about it in addition to in addition to do i have a place to keep it now you know it's, it's a two-sided decision. It's what's really, you know, I, I'm also 
part of it is that I'm more of a retro collector at this point in time. I collect Xbox what? 360. <laughs> I collect Xbox 360 and Game Boy and GameCube. So like I have I have a PlayStation and PlayStation 2 collection as well. So like you can't really do digital copies with those things. So part of it, you know, is the nostalgia of it all. The fact that I also feel like in addition to all of it, it's hard to justify paying $70 for some lines of code. It's like if I'm paying 70 bucks for something I want, even if it's just a stupid little chip that's this big and all it really is is just a key to access that line of code. I hear you. I want something sense. for it. The reason games cost what they do is because of the production costs involved. Just as much as the development costs, just as much as the um, the time and everything else that goes into it. The yeah. production value matters. Well, All I right. Think... I have an old Intellivision collection as well. <laughs> there you go. I love that. that is but cool. no, I was just going to say, I, I, as I would... I didn't pay $70 for this game because I got that voucher. But if every game that I bought is as polished as Tears of the Kingdom is right now, I would do it every time. But the problem is you buy some games that they stink or they're buggy. Zim can speak from Pokemon Violet. Yeah, it was a really unfortunate thing when the game came out. And I really hope that the DLC solves some of those issues. Um, but it's really frustrating, you know, everybody, the argument initially was, you know, Breath of the Wild looks so good and this new Pokemon game just doesn't. And the Pokemon fans defense was always, you know, well, that game was designed for the Wii U, which wasn't as powerful as the Switch. So porting it, you were able to make it look better while still getting the same playability out of it. But now seeing Tears of the Kingdom come out and it's been delayed how many times? It's almost like those delays know. were worth it. <laughs> 100%. You know, whereas Pokemon's trying to, you know, that they're on the Power Rangers schedule now. We got to pump out a new franchise every three years or else nobody's going to buy our crap anymore. And it's like, that's just not the case. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. I'm going to buy the new Switch just so that I can play Pokemon. I'm going to buy the, the newest Nintendo console because I want to. You know why I don't have an N64? Because there were no good Pokemon games for it. <laughs> yeah, Why I have Pokemon a game stadium. Pokemon Stadium, it was whatever. It, it wasn't really an immersive experience. Sam, do you consider Super Smash Brothers to be a Pokemon game? No. I, I don't most, think there's Pokemon in it. I don't think <laughs> purists like Pokemon purists, whatever, it's, consider a Super Smash Bros. game a pokemon game and i also understand why they don't love um pokemon stadium uh pokemon purists barely even consider pokken tournament a pokemon game i, I don't completely I understand don't, why it's, I don't. It's, it's what is it called the real one tekken yeah tekken it's yeah it's tekken, tekken with pokemon with pokemon that would be like saying pokemon um, what would what did you just pull out of your butthole? Ping pong? That would be yeah. like considering that a Pokemon game. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon Pinball is great, but like it's not it's not like a yeah. cornerstone in the series or anything like that. Well, that's know? like if you ask someone their favorite Sonic the Hedgehog game and they go Sonic Spinball. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Mario, which and is Sonic a fantastic game, game, by the way, if, if you haven't played <laughs> Sonic Spinball. But. Yeah. What about Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games? Hey, I can't say I've ever played those it. games are great. <laughs> yeah, but they're not Sonic or Mario games. <laughs> or I mean, I am the weirdo where when people go, what's your favorite Sonic game? It's it's Sonic Riders. I love <laughs> Sonic Riders. <laughs> Never even it's so silly, but yeah, I got a I got a decent Sonic collection here. I got I got four games, all for GameCube. I'm a big Sonic fan. I could use some more, but you know. And That's it's awesome. funny you mentioned the whole like quality thing and not loading up on digital games because like around the holidays, I do kind of get games that I probably wouldn't get if I was getting physical editions. Like I picked up Sonic Frontiers, mm-hmm. which is. It's fun. It's it's a good game. I played it for 20 minutes and I haven't played it since. Well, it's part of, you know, in owning a, a gaming computer like I do now, I have, God, four Assassin's Creed games. I have Red Dead Redemption 2. I have uh, Bully for, you know, the old Xbox 360 Rockstar oh, yeah. game. Everyone liked Bully. Yeah, I've got all these games. What else do I have downloaded right now that I'm not even playing? I have Skyrim VR that I've opened once. I have, you know, all these games, though, is what I'm getting at. I've got all these games here that because I didn't physically, like, go out and get, I kind of forget that I have sometimes. Or uh, they're just sitting there collecting or uh, taking up space on my hard drive. I just want to point out that we're maintaining our audience somehow through all this video game conversation. So White Sox fans must like video games. Oh yeah, and anything other than the White Sox. I will say, talking video games, baseball crossovers. When is MLB the Show going to come to PC? I would really appreciate that. It really sure bothers me that it's I'd be willing to bet that it's going to happen next year's in because you see like The Last of Us now coming to PC mm-hmm. and Spider Man. Um, from Sony starting to make Spider-Man. money, yeah, it's gonna money happen. Talks. It's the whole reason that Microsoft went into the console space in the first place was to try to sure. get people involved in console gaming and then bring them back to computers. If it can run on the Nintendo Switch, it should definitely be on the PC. Well, that's just it. It's infuriating to me that I have this, you know, completely overpowered machine that I, I want to play a baseball game on and. It, because I don't have a PlayStation, I can't. Yeah, that's tough. Vinny, I this is video game related, and I just thought of it. Um, there's a game that just launched in early access on Steam Zim that this is probably going to grab your attention. Um, you've heard of the game Hades, I'm sure. It's like a roguelike. Uh, yes. Vinny, you've heard of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a new roguelike game, but it's a hockey game. And Ooh, it's a hockey story. It, But it's... It's called Tape to Tape, and it just went soft launch on Steam. Um, and Zim, if I don't know if you have a capability of pulling up a trailer or something on your screen, but it's so cool. And I meant to tell Vinny about this the other day. I cannot wait for it to come to consoles. They said they are working on it on console. Uh, it looks so badass. Yeah, this looks really cool. Less than twenty bucks. Um, it has the look of like an old Newgrounds game almost. Are you sure it's not on consoles already? It says Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, PlayStation 4. Um, are we, I'm not, 
I don't believe it's on. I, 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 last I saw a tweet from the developer saying that they were developing it. Huh, this looks freaking awesome. Yeah. It, do, it does say that on Google, but as far as I know, it is not. Less than initial release date, 2023. So that would be why it's probably projected to come out for holidays this season. Um, early access for Steam is usually the beta for most of these things where they let people basically pre-buy the game as in exchange for being beta testers. Um, yeah, it's less than $20 on Steam right now. Here, I'm, wow. I'm pulling up the trailer. I'm going to play it on, on screen. I'm going to mute it, though, because it's loud. <laughs> All right, so hang on a second. Anybody interested in roguelike games, there is a new ROM hack out there for uh, Pokemon games. Pokemon em- uh, Emerald Rogue, I think is what it's called. It's a roguelike Pokemon game. There you go. It's actually really fun. <laughs> All right, so we're going to share a screen here. All right, so this game is called Tape to Tape, and it looks really cool. So check this out. Um, again, it's got the cool look and the abilities, and you can just kind of like beat the crap out of guys. And there's like special abilities, and it's kind of got a cool look hockey, hockey looking game, man. I don't know, I, throwing sticks and stuff. I, I meant to send this to Vinny the other day, and I just think it looks so cool. Yeah, it reminds me of like a cleaner, more developed version of like those old Newgrounds Flash games. <laughs> yeah and i bet you this is gonna be so fun I, and i love hockey like arcade hockey games like look you can do a grappling hook and <laughs> this dude's in like later hose <laughs> those old those old nhl blitz games are still some of my favorite oh yeah yeah that guy that was just awesome. wearing like a knight in shining armor for a second i like the teams wearing devil's colors in this that's sick yeah, so this is this is gonna be pretty sweet when it comes out. Um, and then like you see, like they're fighting like the Grim Reaper, and you can turn dudes into icicles, and that totally looks like Hades right there. <laughs> so yeah, I just had to pull that up because I I saw it the other day and I thought it looked really cool. Oh yeah, that is really cool. There's no doubt. And uh, I love Hades. Have you guys both played Hades? Many of you played Hades? I have not played it, but I have heard of it. I've played a little bit. I uh, unfortunately found myself playing other things instead. Roguelikes are not really my thing. Um, but yeah, I found myself playing other things, so I deleted it for more space on the hard drive. I hear you. I was really into it. I mean, I, I, I'm looking forward to Hades 2, which is coming out this year. I'm sure they're going to improve on everything on that. Um, but I don't know. I'd, I'd give tape to tape a shot. I mean, it looks like fun hockey arcade action. So, hell yeah. And I'm pl- then I'm playing Jedi Survivor right now as well. Um, I've heard it's amazing. It is amazing so far. I'm in a very difficult position where I can never decide if I want to play Breath of the Wild or I want to play Jedi Survivor. <laughs> um, lately, the decision has been, I'm, I'm sorry, Tears of the Kingdom. I know what you meant. Yeah, it's been Tears of the Kingdom because, as I mentioned before, I could play it in the dark. Yeah, in bed. So um, I don't know. We we got we got some good video game talking. Why not? Hey, Joe, if you want to play a way to play all these other games while sitting in bed, you know the Steam Deck is a thing. The ROG Ally is a thing. I don't know I if know. I'd really go for an INEO, but uh, you know someday it'll be good. 
I'm not going to spend money on it right now, but it does look appealing for the future. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice little handhelds. The There's a really good uh, comparison on YouTube um, between the ROG Ally and the Steam Deck. And uh, they both definitely still have some serious shortcomings as far as handheld consoles go, you know, with the full, you know, PS5, uh, Xbox Series X experience. So. For sure. And and apparently the new, as Vin Zim sure knows this, apparently Nintendo is going to be announcing their new hardware soon for like the next console. The, was it Gamescom they announced? They're doing a presentation, Zim? Something I, like that, yeah. So that's coming up here, I think, in uh, July or August. So I'm people have already leaked what the what the dev kit sort of looks like for it, and it's nothing too stunning or spectacular, but it's something. Well, it, do you think it'll have the uh, the switch like idea of like console and handheld? Yes. I don't think that's something that Nintendo intends to go away from considering um, the Wii U is probably one of the best consoles they've ever released. It just was undersold so hard. And then the Switch performing the way that it has. I mean, keep in mind, the Switch is seven years old now and still selling like hotcakes. I mean, shit, your, your brother just went out and bought one last week. Yep. <laughs> like... People are still buying Nintendo Switches. We have three of them in our household. Like, Joe has three of them in his household. <laughs> I do. How did you know that, Zim? Because you have a light, a regular, and an OLED. I know these things. Oh, shit. No, <laughs> I, I, I actually have four in my house. Holy fuck. Oh. <laughs> I have the OG when the Switch launched seven years ago. I bought um, a Switch Lite, right? Yeah. That is great. It's nice and portable. It's nice. Small, but fine. And then I couldn't, I told you I couldn't find my OLED. I bought the OLED when I, before, right, right after we had the, before we had the baby. I'm like, this is a total dad thing for the bed, which is what it's been used for. Yep. But then we moved and I couldn't find it. And I was like, shit, did I lose it? And when I moved, did I drop it? Did someone take it? So I bought another regular <laughs> Switch, the Super Mario Day branded Switch. Yep. Which is actually really nice for my basement because the OG seven-year-old one is a little bit slow. So yeah, I've got four. That's what I run on, man. Is that the, the OG? OG? I think the OG? mine's the OG too. Because I got it for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate when it first came out. Yeah. So. Somebody posted a meme the other day of like me my my og switch playing tears of the kingdom and it was like the, the game crying. like just super like it was it was it looked it looked like stained glass windows because it was like not processing it i mean funny. and i showed you my playtime on this thing earlier i'm probably closing in on a thousand hours like and it's it's holding up so um oh yeah believe it or not that's actually only my second set of joy cons for it too i'm still on my original yeah, I have yeah. my originals. I want to replace the the sticks themselves, but the drift never really got me. It hit me about about four years ago. I had it for about three years before it hit, and I replaced them. And these replacement Joy Cons I've got have have held held up. But I also have the Pro Controller now, so you know, although you probably put way more hours on your Switch than I did, so yeah. Yeah, the Pro probably. Controller is fantastic, by the way. 
makes a big difference, even though mine's third party. Dude, the the actual Pro Controller is OG as well. I got it when I bought mm-hmm. my Switch. The battery life on that thing still is insane. Yeah. Battery life on the on the Switch controllers is great. It really is. Xbox could learn a thing or two. Oh, wait. Absolutely. Xbox doesn't use rechargeable batteries. Yeah, that too. <laughs> you, they do if you buy it. Stupid. Yeah. I've got it. I've got it in my pc but not in my actual xbox and and staying in the video game realm then any of you guys see the super mario brothers movie no nope nope it comes out on digital tomorrow morning i will likely watch watch it on wait it really does yes you can watch it at home tomorrow on what platform anything you have to pay for it though okay that's good to know Yes, I'm not a movie theater person, so I wait for things to come out for home release before I watch them. I love going to the movies, but I feel like if I went by myself to see the Super Mario Brothers movie, it might be a little creepy. You, you might, you know, have some people watching you for the next few days, weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they had put up a sign, like, do not stay away from this man. <laughs> Uh, he goes to see Super Mario by himself. No, sir. We, um, we just need to put you on this registry real quick, and you can go along with your day. It's like, listen, man. I'm just sitting here enjoying some popcorn and some bunch of crunch. Just leave me alone. Literally, um, honestly. But no, I, I'll I'll probably watch it at home this week because I'm a big Mario fan. Did you guys see the original Mario Brothers movie from the '90s? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a classic. It's, yeah, it's yeah. awful, but it's it's a classic. It's like so we had bad, it on good. VHS. We used to watch it all the time. I have the DVD laying around here somewhere. Yeah. Hey, Dad, what's a DVD? <laughs> My wife did that with me today too, because like, I for like for Mother's Day we got her, you know, um, this Ninja Creamy thing. I don't know if you guys have heard of it on like social media. It's like you can put stuff in it and make sorbet and make you know milkshakes and whatever um and then in addition she's a big jonas brothers fan so like i bought i ordered her a the new album but it's autographed by all of them on a cd and i was like that's what they do is they these artists sign cds now Mm -hmm. so that they can sell cd copies it's pretty genius i did the same thing with with ed sheeran when i ordered his new album i got it signed fallout boys new album uh, Blink when they put out California Zim that was with Skiba in the lineup. Actually, I have yeah. that handy. I have that handy right behind me, so I might as well just pull it out. You know, they do the they do the signed, you know, that's album. Yeah. And I was and, and we're like we're like DVDs are like the equivalent of like when we were kids. You know, it's it's going to be like with vinyl now taking a resurgence. Do you think in like 10 years from now or like 15 years from now, like CDs will be like roaring back? It's possible. I could see CDs making a comeback simply because the audio quality is way better than anything you can get from streaming. Um, as, as great as it is that Spotify just upgraded their streaming capabilities to 320 kbps, like the a CD nowadays is the only way to get truly uncompressed audio, right? Like vinyl has made its comeback because you can get 
uncompressed analog audio. But now with a CD, you'll be able to get uncompressed digital audio in the same way. And they just hold larger files than what you can get streamed over the internet um, without paying an arm and a leg for it. So I do think that they'll make some kind of resurgence, but I think it'll be mostly in like an audiophile sort of market, less so than vinyl. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I've been buying CDs just for the autographs lately. You know what will never make a comeback is cassette tapes, just <laughs> like VHS. VHS and cassette tape will be dead forever. Well, that's the thing I don't get is like all these artists, when they put out new albums, they're still putting them on cassette tapes. Like who's buying it? People who are into vintage retro stuff like that, like it's just people who are there for nostalgia reasons. They don't actually listen to those things. Yeah, people are too lazy to have to rewind something. The only cassette I ever had is one of my first car. I had an Oldsmobile 88 when I was like probably 16 or 17. Excellent. And you guys know what I'm going to say. It's the tape that you put in your deck. And you mm-hmm. plug it into your iPad and you can play your iPod and you can play the music off of your iPod. Yep. Or am I dating myself? No. No, I know exactly what it is. I had That's one up funny. until two years ago when I finally got a car that was built in this century. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I had one too where you yeah. plug it in. Yeah, the, the tape. Because it originally started like you needed it for XM radio. You needed yep. the tape to plug it into the little XM radio console. It kind of looked like a little iPhone and like it would hang up on your dash and you could see like the XM radio stations on the little thingy and you plug the tape thing into it and then plug that in. But uh, a life hack was that you can unplug it from your XM thing and plug it into your phone once phones became music players or iPods. <laughs> yeah, we had one for those for a long time. My dad still might have one in his santa fe it's the my parents have one old car and the rest of them are all newer um the old car i'm pretty sure still has the tape and it wouldn't shock me one bit dude i love it i still have one for sure i haven't used it in a few years but i still have one it's a good thing to have yeah you never know oh yeah and then bluetooth came around (laughs) yeah yep but then you know even though I have a more modern car, it still doesn't have a way to plug my phone in. So I have to Bluetooth to the radio transmitter and radio transmit it to my car. <laughs> That's oh funny. We really covered all Always this. Something. We've covered it all. We went video games. Then we went to, to, to movies. Then we went to music. Then now we're going to technology. PZ says he has one in an 03 Buick. Yeah, there you go. So see, even cars from this century have them. <laughs> you kind of, you kind of forget how long ago two thousand three was. Yeah, twenty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Connor yeah, Bedard. So Connor Bedard was born in two thousand five. Wow, it's a good yeah. year. It is a good year, but he yeah. don't know it. <laughs> it's just it's still weird to me because I think of two thousand three as like oh that wasn't that long ago, and then I'm like that's eleven years before my oldest guys i was looking through my garage when i was cleaning stuff out and zim you might appreciate this um as you guys both know i'm a big blink 182 fan and when they released their album dogs eating dogs in 2012 they had like this pre-order thing around christmas and i ordered like a poster that was signed by all three of them and it sat in a tube since 2012 and i pulled it out and i finally framed it 
Nice. Like, I'm like, I'm like, this thing is from 2012. This thing is like a freaking mint. I'm gonna turn this camera around for a second, see if you guys can see it over there a little bit. I don't know if you can see it a little bit, but there it is. Yeah, that looks crispy, man. Yeah, that's sick. And then it's signed by all three on the bottom. So I'm like, you know. I love that. Funny how things just sit around. Yeah. And it's from 2012. So think about that. That's fucking 11 years ago. That's amazing. It's funny, man. I've got a, I've got an old Pokemon Coliseum poster that I found like that. It's not nearly as good a shape, though. Just hanging around in my folks' basement. I was going through it one day, and I found it. I was like, this is OG. It's it's the whole thing that's like, you know, pre-order it now from Blockbuster and get the bonus disc to get an extra Pokemon. And you're like, Everything oh, my God. Everything about that sounds Everything old. about that. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. It's all right, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so bonus the moral disc. of the story is if you have a poster tube, it does wonders for the preservance of the poster for whatever reason. You know, and this thing didn't even have a lid on it. And rewinding our conversation a little bit back to the DVD thing. That is something oh. that I do wish would come back around is DVD commentary. When the actors and the directors would do the commentary over everything and you find out extra stuff. And it's not so much that like, I feel like we're missing it on movies and stuff. Cause they all still come out on Blu-ray anyway. And there's always, you know, the, the one niche group of people that are going out and buying it and getting that director's commentary. Um, but I feel like we've lost it for TV shows. I remember watching the old Futurama DVDs with Matt Groening and oh Billy God, West doing commentary on that. And you're finding out these things about the show that like it's easier to find that information out now with the accessibility of everything on the Internet. But it's still fun to hear it, you know, from the source. Yeah, I had the first couple seasons of The Simpsons on DVD, and that had some great commentary mm-hmm. as well. You know, that's, Matt, that's wild. Matt Groening tells interesting stories over his shows. That is for sure. Yeah, that guy's a genius. Yeah, like literally. <laughs> yeah, man, boys, I think I think we've 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 covered it all. All all of our randomosities got out of the White Sox talk towards the end. It's all fun stuff, man. We, we took it to a new place. I kind of I enjoyed it for sure. Absolutely, that's just how it's going to go sometimes this season. Yeah. Random, random other stuff. I finally got my Field of Dreams White Sox section set up on this wall over here. Ah, that looks really nice. It's very nice. I'm I'm very happy with it. I can thank my wife for her hanging expertise. Thank God they won that game. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have anything hanging on the wall if they lost. Yeah, that's true. And like, at least I know that's like a, this is loser mentality, but like that's the best part of the rebuild. Like, not even close. Oh yeah, that's true. And like, I like having that memory in my brain. So that's a and highlight. It's probably one of the on. best baseball games I've ever watched. Yeah, I believe yeah. it's the most watched regular season game of the 21st century, and with good reason. It was awesome. Yeah, it's truly amazing. So, like, I'm, I'm sure, but that's that's what they should put on DVD is that game, or 4K Blu-ray, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, I would watch it. That's got to exist somewhere. I don't know why I don't have it. Now I have to find it. Uh, it exists somewhere. 
the full game of uh, that it's Field of Dreams game probably, is on YouTube. Yeah, it's probably on YouTube. I'm going to rip it and save it on my computer. Yeah. YTMP3.com. Or whatever I mean, if you if you have MLB TV, you can always go back and watch it as well. I, You know what? <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's good, yeah. Zim. Thanks. At, at MLB TV. You know, you can. I do uh, have that. You can go back, what, like five? seven years something like that every game is still there i don't know who's paying for that server space but ultra side note just want to put this out there because i thought about it because i signed up for mlb tv around the time that i pre-ordered um sunday ticket Mm -hmm. how can major league baseball put every single game available well most of the games for 150 bucks for a season and then football is like 350 supply and demand yep supply and demand that's exactly what i was gonna say Vinny. there's just there's more games there's more games less fans yep that's true and i i love every sport so like i'm a weirdo but like i fully recognize that like football's america's game now it's it's a simpler game to watch on tv yeah, you know you can you can play your Zelda. Well, you can watch an entire football game, know every little detail about the game, and advance in a game like Zelda at yeah. the same time. That's oh, that's can't. how I play a lot of games. <laughs> that's how I watch a lot of football games. Is I'll play you know a racing game, and then in between races, I watch the game, or or I'm playing you know a turn based strategy game like Civ or or Sim City or something like that. You know. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it being on YouTube. I know a lot of people aren't, but I have YouTube TV and I think the interface is going to be really slick. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to some, some Sunday ticket this year. Oh yeah. And I don't have to add on my, my red zone to my regular package. Cause it's already part of that. So that is nice. And I got the discount for being on YouTube TV. I got a discount for buying it really early, $100 off. So, Yeah, I got to look into it because I need a way to watch the Jaguars for work. So They they originally said when they were launching it, there was going to be a way to watch one team, but they didn't announce anything about that. So I don't know if that's gone the way of the wayside or what. Yeah, my thing is if I was spending all that money anyway, just get it all. Yeah, I would want like because then am I going to watch every Jaguars game on that, and then every Bears game on cable, and then like how do I watch? You know, if I want to watch a random Joe Burrow game or a random Patrick Mahomes game. Um, Speaking of Joe Burrow, did you see his new look? He's got the headband now. It's his yep. new thing. Yep. What a stud! What a stud! Saw, saw Justin Fields rocking it, and you know, one more thing he's got a copy from the guy with the three sixty throw, and now the headband. <laughs> And switching one switch to Ohio State, one switched out of Ohio State. That's right. Headbands galore. Maybe we'll all wear headbands next week. I'll do it. I got mine. I don't think I have a headband, but I'll, I can get borrow my wife's scrunchie. I'll <laughs> use a bandana. <laughs> you're like you're like no, don't don't wear a fucking scrunchie. <laughs> my my circuit my head would be purple. The circulation I'd be. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sure I got a bandana laying around the house somewhere. Yeah, let's do that. 
I actually bought one last season specifically because when I was playing softball, I got tired of pushing my hair. Whoop, I hit my mic. I got tired of pushing my hair up under my hat all the time. So I just bought a headband to keep it under there. There you go. I like it, man. They're convenient have, if you've got hair. Yes. <laughs> I have hair in most places except at the very top. But that's another story for another day. Um, somehow we've maintained an audience through this. That's fantastic. I mean, like we said, um, like PZ said in the chat, more interesting than the White Sox. Yeah, best part of the show. <laughs> The end. The best part of the show is is the fun stuff at the end. Yeah. Uh, the whole show is fun, but we especially had some fun today because it's been a brutal week of White Sox baseball. At least they're off today. They can't lose. Yeah, that's true. They can't win either. <laughs> that's true. Well, hey, at least no one's had no one had an emergency appendectomy today. That is also true. That is yep. That is correct. Or, the night's still young though. Watch tomorrow, like Jake Berger has an emergency happen. Yeah, you just jinxed it. Wow. Don't even it's go knock on wood. This clip is going to exist now. Thanks. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be just like the one I did last year with the Josh Naylor game, and I'll play like the the like the the curb your enthusiasm music, and yeah. I told Frankie Mueller last year he was over. It was the day of the Winter Classic, I think. No, I don't remember why. He was over. He was over at my parents' house in South Elgin. And we were watching a game, a football game there. And I said, I'm surprised nobody's ever died playing football. And because, you know, I, I am still a little bit. And, you know, I'm sure some like it might. And I was saying all that. And then that night we drove over to my house and we watched Bills versus Bengals. And the whole Damar Hamlin thing happened. And that was that night. I was like, so now I'm like convinced someone's having an emergency appendectomy from the White Sox tomorrow because of you. It's my fault. But didn't, didn't one player die on the field? Didn't I think so. Yeah. Not Dick Buskis, but he was a part of the play. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I remember hearing that with the Damar Hamlin thing. Uh, I remember our good pal Mike he's North. Cleared, he's been cleared for football activities, by the way. Yeah, I know. Odd. Wow. Uh, I remember Mike North replied to every single person he followed, letting them know that they were wrong about nobody ever dying playing football. He had to let them know, no, actually, someone did in whatever year. <laughs> it's, it's messed funny. up. We've really run the gamut on stuff to talk about here at the end of the show we've covered it all from video games to movies to technology to football to players and all that jazz we talked we did talk some white socks for like the first hour of the show and the mm-hmm. last hour has been just random stuff so that's appreciate the way we like it before we end the show we want to thank everyone in the chat room that hung out with us all night and listened to us talk about random stuff listen to beyond right now thanks white Sox, you're making me yawn yet again um see the show got very interesting towards the end interesting uh, is a word and then it said then it says keep the faith go socks uh i don't know if i have the faith but i will say go socks but gentlemen we reached the shout out portion of the show i will let Vinny go first. I <laughs> just randomly went. 
You pointed um, yourself. I'm like, all right. Because <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to go me this time. I don't know why. Um, yeah, my girlfriend, Katie. I love you very much. I'm always going to be the first person I mention. And then, of course, my mom. It was Mother's Day. And, you know, I'm pretty sure I can say comfortably none of us would ever be where we were. You know, mo- some of us, most of us. If it weren't for my mom supporting us, I know that's the case for me. And, you know, happy Mother's Day. I couldn't be more thrilled to have spent the weekend hanging out. And we had a lot of fun. Went for breakfast, all sorts of stuff. So, and shout out Katie's mom as well. Love you very much. You know, I couldn't be luckier to have her in my life as well. So I just, all the moms, your guys' moms. Yeah, exactly. Your your guys' moms, everyone's moms. Um, she's going to like that. She's going to like that, Joe. Um, but yeah, shout out to all the moms. Happy Mother's Day. We'd all be nothing without you. And your mom says, oh, oh she was watching. I thought... I thought by 10 p.m. on a Monday it would be. We kept we, we talked about other stuff besides baseball. So that's she got true. Excited. That's true. She liked hearing us talk about Tears of the Kingdom because because <laughs> my brother's upstairs probably playing it. She probably hasn't seen him in you know since he got home from work, and he's probably up there playing it all night, being annoying when he's when he gets like that into a game. He's like kind of mean when he's not playing it. You know, kind of like a drug addict when they're like trying to get off like the a drugs. <laughs> Yeah, like a junkie who like can't he like hey the doctor makes him he's in rehab and he's just cranky because he can't you know be using anymore. That's Joey when he's not playing Zelda, thinking about Joey's gonna love hearing this tomorrow. (laughs) Joey's not gonna listen to this. He's too busy playing. He will not waste a minute of his breathing time. Yeah, I dude, he's been playing it for the last nine hours. I would bet my life. He gets off of work around four thirty-five. He went home. He might have taken a little nap because he woke up early and he's been grinding ever since. So shout out to him too. All the Katie, the moms, and Joey. And Joey's if you ever seen the, the the meme of SpongeBob with the bloodshot eyes, that's Joey right now. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. No, good stuff, Finn. Good stuff. And and we we echo that about all the moms out there. So shout out to all you mamas. Uh Steven Zim Zimmerman, what do you got for shout outs, buddy? Shout out all the usuals. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Family's been a big help. Shout out to YouTube for teaching me how to replace the laser on my Xbox 360. Uh, nice. Works like a charm again. It's awesome. Um, and a shout out to my little baby boy who's not a, as much of a baby anymore. He just turned two. So Ooh. Happy birthday, little man. And you got a shout About out. all I got this week, yeah. And and your beautiful wife on Mother's Day. Yeah, all the all the usuals. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Uh no, for sure, man. And and that's so cool. And I will say my daughter's not two yet, obviously, but watching her grow is just amazing. So that's gotta be cool. Yeah. Big, big he, had a, he had a great weekend. That's for sure. That's what it's all about. And I'm going to yawn again because I can't stop yawning. Joe, go to bed already. Wow. This darn White Sox team, man. They just <laughs> keep making me yawn the entire, the entire show. I got to I gotta go have a – I got to go have like a full throttle or something. No, I'm just kidding. I would never go to sleep. 
Yeah, well, now, anyway. now, now that the second round is over, there will only be one hockey game a night until it's over and then off until October. I'm ready to catch up on some. As much as I love and adore the NHL, I, I'm ready for that. Like, you know, I love the Stanley Cup final, but once it's over, I'll be like, just got the White Sox to write about at night. You know, the rest of the I'll still write about football and hockey like during the day, but like at night, I could just chill, man. That's it. Even as a fan, like certain times a year for sports just get so overwhelming. Yeah. And the last month and a half has just been a grind and it was fun as all hell. But like I haven't I haven't done a pregame show for the Devils in over a week. And then like it just it's something in your life that you love, but it's also like a lot of work and prep and all that kind of stuff. So and then it's gone. Yeah. And then just boom, done. That's wild, man. Well, you could have a party with those. Party time Cheetos. They look yeah. really good. I'm looking at them behind you the whole show. No, those are sick. Those are sick. Those are the KD special too. We've we've both grown to love them in the last couple of years. I like taking the spicy ones and mixing them with those. You like put them in a bag and shake them up and you get the cheesy and spicy. Ooh. Dude, this is related, but it's a bit of a tangent before my shout out. They, they just announced they're releasing on Disney Plus this week a movie about the guy who created Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Love that guy. Like, like I told my wife, I'm like, how is this a movie? Because like, he was a janitor at the Frito Lay company. Really? I, I know he was, but like, the guy who created it was a custodian working at the Frito Lay factory who used to sprinkle chili powder onto his Cheetos. Why I know this? Don't ask me. I'm full of useless information. I didn't know that until I saw the movie trailer the other day. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it because Hot Flame and Hot Cheetos are one of the shining stars in my life. Like It's one of the top snacks in the world. It's outside, I honestly think if I were to make a list of my favorite things and I have to disclude any human being I know and disclude any sport or like fun activity I know, I think Flame and Hot Cheetos would be in the top ten. Really? I love them. Puffy balls, um, the traditional like ones, you the like lime ones. Balls. I love the lime ones, dude. They're my weak spot. The, the lime ones are good AF. I, I, it was puffy comma balls, like these version, but flaming hot, and then the balls, flaming hot. The balls, the hairy, stinking balls. Um, no, <laughs> they're all, all flaming hot or so. Uh, that's good. a drop right there. I got to pull that. <laughs> Flamey, stinking balls, or hairy, stinking balls, or whatever it was. That's funny. I can't wait but to yeah. watch it. I think I believe it's called Flame It Hot appropriately. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I say that it's, it's a joke, and then I'll probably end up watching it. <laughs> I guess it's a family-friendly film, so there yeah. you go. Man, I got to yawn again. What am I doing, guys? Just end the show. I'm going to do my shout-out, and then I'm going to end the show. Oh, yeah, you haven't um, done your shout-out yet because we're too busy talking about flaming, stinking flame balls. <laughs> And flaming hot Cheetos, and now they have flaming hot mac and cheese, which is bizarre. I tried it; it's delicious. I'm like a flaming hot aficionado. I like it more wow. than jam. We're gonna have a jam show next week, so come ready. I'm um, ready. I'll bring my bass. There you go. Yeah, I'll bring <laughs> my guitar. Then you bring an actual jar of jam. Jar of jam. Is mayonnaise an instrument? <laughs> they hit our brains at the same time. That's why I love Zim. What about Stop. aioli? <laughs> This is the fancy mayonnaise. It's comedy. Uh, we're going off the rails. Uh, of course, I'm going to shout out my beautiful wife, Catherine, 
and uh, had a great Mother's Day yesterday. And I, I appreciate her for the amazing mother she is to our daughter, Audrey. We had a great day yesterday. We took her out for a brunch at a nearby winery in the area. Really, really cute. Had a great day. Played in the backyard, water table with the kid and a slide and a swing and ran around and just had a great day. And I, I finally watched the movie Air last night. It's on Amazon Prime now. Um, it's on Prime? Dude, it's I got to watch that. I got to watch yeah. that. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Vinny, I'm sure you've heard of, of, of Air. It's about, the, of course, the Air Jordan creation and Nike and all that stuff. So really cool movie. Love that. So we had a great time with that. Of course, shout out my daughter, Audrey. I love you. My great Dane Maverick, as always. Um, you know, my mom for Mother's Day and all the moms out there, uh, my godmother, you know, the whole shebang, all, all the women mothers out there or all the mothers out there. That sounded really weird. But I'm not trying to be political. That's not it came across really strange. So I'm just going to leave it at that. A happy <laughs> Mother's Day to all the moms. Of course, I want to shout out you, Vinny, and you, Zim. <clears throat> You're my great co-host. I always have a great time talking with you. And uh, we talked about a lot of not baseball stuff tonight, which was fun. We went longer than we usually do, given the fact that we didn't talk about a whole lot of baseball. So that's all I got. We got a comment in the chat. Great balls of fire. Absolutely. Those flaming hot. Great balls of fire. Speaking of, I might go grab some. I've got like some cheddar crisps downstairs. You guys ever had those like elevated, like really nice cheddar toasted those are really good i'm gonna get a couple of those i think and with that said we're gonna get out of here we did talk some white socks at the beginning of the show if you want to go back and watch that or the second half of the show is video games movies television you name it but fun time tonight thanks to everyone in the chat special shout out to aldo gandia we love you brother hope all is well with you uh can't wait to have you on the show in the near future to talk about random shit or maybe the white socks whatever depends how they're playing i guess but until we see you guys next, for the South Burb Sitman, I'm Joe Mandel. That's Steven Zim Zimmerman. And in the red shirt is Vinny Parisi. We will see you guys next week. They may not be playing good ball, but as always, let's go White Sox.